Patriots has a message for liberals and the mainstream media. You can't handle the truth. So buckle up, snowflakes, because we're about to deliver the politically direct best in conservative commentary, news, and investigative reports. We're telling the truth, and we're not going to stop. Okay, liberals, back under the bridge with the rest of your fellow trolls, and oh yeah, thanks for listening to Right Side Patriots. They are special, special people on RSPRadio1.com. Welcome to Right Side Patriots on RSPRadio1.com. Greg Andreessen at the National Patriot, Diane Sori at the Patriot Factor. It's Friday night, 12th of January. Welcome to it. Hello, Diane. Hello, Craig. And how are you in this Nebraska chill? Uh, chilly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was supposed to get up all the way to one degree today. It never made it. You're kidding. I think the warmest it got here all day was six below zero. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, and, and tomorrow, ugh, tomorrow, I think the high is supposed to be 10 below zero. So, and like I always say to you, and you live in Nebraska, why? <laughs> well, because weather like this keeps the riffraff out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that I bet it does. You know, I mean, yeah, it's it's cold. We're getting that Arctic blast. Now, you guys are going to get that, too, uh, over the weekend. What? It's going to drop all the way down to, what, 65 or something where no, you are? No, no. The middle of next week uh, <laughs> on Wednesday, the nights are supposed to be high 30s to low 40s, and during the day, around 60. Now, don't launch any space shuttles. No. <laughs> we know how that <clears throat> turned out, unfortunately. Yeah, well, we call it, you know, boot weather and sweater and jacket weather and and, uh, earmuff weather. Yeah, you guys are (laughs) such weather weenies down there. A small price to pay to live in paradise. You know, what's even worse here this weekend is going to be the wind chills. Um, Mm. It's going to, the winds are going to pick up something fierce, um, really kind of starting tonight through monday morning and they're expecting wind chills anywhere from 45 to 60 degrees below zero again you live in nebraska why because <laughs> the riffraff from where you are don't come here that's why ah unfortunately we're getting the riffraff from everybody else i think florida at its border needs to put up sorry we're full you know what we had that uh, situation at seasonally when I lived in Arizona. We had the snowbirds, like you do, that, mm-hmm. that came to Arizona for the winter. Uh, and then, of course, you know, once it started getting hot again in Arizona, they'd all take off and go to the north. So, right. you know, we, we, yeah, I, I understand, you know, the, the situation with that because, you know, we certainly had it. Yeah. We didn't see it so much. When I lived at the Grand Canyon, but when we were in Phoenix, that's where we really saw that. Okay. Yeah, it happens. But again, when you live in paradise, it's a small price we have to pay because we get to live here year round. The only snowbirds we get here are Canadian geese. They come and go seasonally. (laughs) Outside of that, we we don't have to worry about it. Listen, we got a lot of stuff we got to talk about tonight because... There's mm-hmm. some interesting and some weird things that have been going on. And one of the weirdest things is uh, the headline that came out today, uh, something alluding to the fact that Sweden could be bracing for war. Sweden. Sweden. It all has to do with the fact that for almost 210 years, they have been at peace, not at war with anybody and mostly because they've remained neutral in major conflicts. However, they're on the verge of being accepted into NATO. And that, in a way, it's a good thing, but it's also a bad thing, because then they're obligated, if Russia does do anything after Ukraine, as a member of NATO, they have to be willing to back 
you know, their fellow NATO nations. So it's kind of a um, catch-22 with them. But being that they haven't been in this kind of situation for over 200 years, people are panicking. Well, and they're I, you buying know, things, they're storing things, they're, they're really afraid. Well, and I can kind of understand that. I mean, you know, 210 years and you haven't raised a, a fist in violence. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they stayed out of World War II, uh, stayed out of World War One. I. I mean, you know, they, they, they've had a very peaceful existence, kind of taking the middle road. And that's not always a good thing, but for the people right. of Sweden, you know, it's a peaceful thing. And I guess that's better than a constant alternative of war. But now, all of a sudden having to possibly defend other NATO countries, um, you know, nobody there remembers at all what it was like when they did go to war 210 years ago. And that was a very short war, as I understand it, against Norway. With Norway. Um, and they, I believe they don't have much of an army or navy in the sense of how we think an army and navy to be. But the thing is, what they're nervous about is Putin recently made an alluding to Finland, who has now officially become a part of nation that he, that they warned him, the Russians and Putin warned him that they would be the first to suffer should relations further deteriorate between the two countries. Very strange. I mean, yes. Sweden's on the verge of being a NATO member. They've, right. you know, been accepted, but there is a protocol that any country that is accepted has to go through. There are steps to the process. Right. Uh, right. And as I understand it, Sweden's only one or two steps away from full NATO membership at this point. And that's probably right. going to happen over the next year, maybe year and a half. Oh, uh, much sooner than that. Y- you think it's going to be quicker? Oh, absolutely. They um, uh, petitioned to join NATO right after Finland, and Finland has been approved already. Okay, well, that's that's good, you know. And as I understand it, Sweden has been approved. I mean, you know, they've they've been accepted, maybe not finally approved, but you know, they've been accepted as a, a NATO add-on, and they're just going mm-hmm. through the, the protocol now. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens if Russia or some other entity, because you can't just pin it all on Russia. What about Belarus? You know, if Belarus would attack a, a NATO nation uh, on Putin's behalf, but um, then it's going to, you know, initiate what what they call article five and it's going to require all nato nations to come to the defense of whoever gets attacked and that would include sweden and i don't know what they bring to the table as far as assisting in the defense of any nato nation i don't know either but um just this past saturday last saturday i should say um They were waiting for Turkey's parliament to approve the ratification, and apparently that's going to happen in the very near few weeks, and then they're in. So so we are talking about NATO now is expanding throughout Europe, but then again, Putin has made threats. Once he gets back Ukraine, Poland is next. Well, and let's be honest about this fact, too. You know, Finland and Sweden, they would not have petitioned to join NATO had Putin not been making threats prior to their petitioning. I mean, the reason they're trying to join NATO is protection for their own countries because of Putin. Well, there was a few little altercations between Finland and Russia that seemed to be coming more common. So Finland had been considering it for a while. Right. And really, all of Europe should be united. Yes. They I really mean, should be. It, it, you know, there are people out there, most of them liberals, but there are people out there saying, 
you know, Finland should never have joined NATO and Sweden should never join NATO and, you know, this, that. I, I don't see anything wrong with it. You know, it, it puts up uh, a full front, European front, against the ilk of Vladimir Putin uh, and, right. you know, Belarus and some of these uh, other satellites, if you will, of Russia that might try to do harm on Russia's behalf to other NATO allies. So, you know, I think it's a good thing overall, and I wish Sweden lots of luck, but, you know, I'm still going to be curious to find out what they bring to the table as far as the common defense. Well, let me tell you, this is something that many people might not know. Sweden is among the group of nations that has been training Ukrainian pilots. Okay. And they're also considering, uh, this comes out of Stockholm, that they're weighing the possibility of sending advanced G. Gippen, I guess it's called Gippen fighters, to Ukraine. That's according to the BBC. Okay, well, that's interesting. I mean, you don't really think of Sweden as having a whole lot of military hardware because they don't really have a whole lot of military, but... Right, but I'm sure they have some things. Yeah, it's <laughs> Obviously, not, they do. Yeah, it's not just a matter of flinging meatballs at the enemy. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter mm-hmm. how good Swedish meatballs actually are, because they are good, but um, not really a defense-capable weapon, a meatball. Right. Um, they, they are a little nervous because um, Russian... Fishers, fishermen, fishing trolls, and including submarines, have been in Swedish waters for many years. So I can understand the trepidation. Yeah, but you'd um, think they'd be used to that because they have been there for so long. I mean, they're just kind of a, a common sight, I guess, or a common occurrence. Right. Um, you know, but the whole situation in Europe, thanks to Putin invading Ukraine and Ukraine fighting back, that whole situation, the whole dynamic, if you will, has changed. Yeah. Yeah, it has. But you know what? It's a good thing they're joining. Finland joined. Norway's been a member now. Sweden, so all of Scandinavia is now united with the other countries of Europe. Now, if only those countries would start pulling their fair share, things yeah. would be better. <laughs> I was just thinking that, you know, it, we're still paying the bulk of, you know, the, the NATO uh, invoice, if you will. Um, right. You know, and these other nations need to step up their game as far as that's concerned. And hopefully they will. You know, Trump was on a course to make them pay up and and some of them actually started to pay up but then that all came to an end when biden came in and said ah no we don't really need your money we're taking it from our own people care so yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) he doesn't care we care you know no he doesn't care about anything it's other uh, it's other people's money and by other people's i mean our money yes but hey it is what it is but at least Sweden is on the cusp of becoming a NATO member. And, you know, Putin has to realize all Europe is now united against him. Yeah, and I hope it stays that way. I hope there's no vacillation in that. I don't think there will be. Uh, I hope so. Um, You know, it it came across last night and... uh, you know, the talking heads on TV were making a big deal out of it today, that U.S. airstrikes have been undertaken against the Houthis, and it's over a 100 uh, precision-guided missiles that have been fired at the Houthi rebels uh, over in Yemen. And um, while, they, while they think they have somewhat, and this is, you know, we're kind of shady, somewhat disrupted the Houthis' ability, they say that they expect Houthi reprisals. And let's all remember, the Houthis are just another branch of Iran. Right. 
And um, concerning those airstrikes, there actually was a coalition that did it. And that coalition was, of course, us, Australia, the Netherlands, Bahrain, and Canada. And well, they struck at, at, over 16 locations. So this is getting serious, but it sh- does show a united front, except, of course, some of the loons here in the United mm. States, oh, you shouldn't be attacking the poor hooties. You know, it, it, right. this has gotten <sighs> sick. Well, and the UK, I think, also took part. In in the yeah, airstrikes, I, I believe so. I believe so. And, yeah, they uh, they they you know lent a hand on that. Well, you know, Rashida Tlaib came right out and said instantly that uh, you know this is a violation of law in that you know uh, Biden cannot declare war without the permission of Congress. Of course, she put that out on X, and it immediately drew rebuke because you know you can make limited strikes without the authorization of Congress, as long right. as you notify Congress within, I think it's 24 or 48 hours, that you've done that, and the White House did. So, First of all, it's not a smart move to tell what you're going to do. You know, this, this country is not run like Israel. Right. You know, they do what they think is the right thing to do. We have a laundry list of steps we have to go to, to go through to even do any kind of military action. I mean, it would have been all over the news and the Houthis or however you pronounce them. They would have protected themselves. That's not the idea of a strike. Right. And when you consider they have launched, you know, they and and other entities over there, it's not just the Houthis, but. You know the the conglomerate of uh, Iran's proxies have right. launched 120 or 130 strikes, uh, not only against U.S. forces at U.S. bases in the region, but also against shipping in the Red Sea, international shipping in the Red Sea. This was a response to all of that, right? And you know, some servicemen have been injured, right? Uh, I don't believe any have been killed, or there was one a couple of weeks ago. Um, but it's more, if you let them do anything, they're going to get emboldened and try to do more. Well, You've got to stop them right in the beginning. My thought is these strikes are long overdue. You know, oh, yes. What the U.S. and the coalition did last night is long overdue. I mean, this should have happened from the time they sent the first missile towards us or any international uh, shipping uh, organization or conglomerate. But as I understand it, these strikes were authorized by Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin from his hospital room. Yeah. But what's interesting about that, apparently he has been working, but without telling Biden. Well, and I mean, let's remember, he underwent a surgical procedure, um, a cancer. prostate cancer. Yeah, prostate cancer. And he was in the ICU and he's, you know, had pain and, and all this. So he's probably on medication. Do we know, did he mean to authorize these airstrikes or was he trying to order a banana nut muffin? I'm not sure because we do have rules in place that at certain times you can do military action without going to Congress first. Right. But, but, you know, it did he, you know, as as the defense secretary, but probably medicated on pain relievers, Mm -hmm. did he, did he really know he was authorizing that or, or was that, yeah. I mean, like I said, I think it's long overdue and I'm glad that it was authorized, but. was in it was the right thing to do so i think it's best to leave it at that because we're on the verge of a world war here folks we're just about there an official world war we're in an unofficial one now really 
And the least you say and the least you criticize our military leaders, and I'm excluding Biden from that, but our, our true military leaders, I think it serves our troops who are in danger. It serves them best that we not say too much. Well, obviously, I mean, you don't want to give away the, the game plan. Right. You know, and, and that's why these strikes were done the way they were done. It's going to be interesting over the weekend and over the next week or maybe even two weeks to see how not only the the Houthis react to this, but how Iran reacts to this. Because the Houthis and, and so many other terrorist organizations or the proxy armies of of Iran, it's going to be interesting to see how the mullahs react. Now, as I understand it, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but last night, of course, they almost instantly issued some veiled threats uh, that, they were, that they were going to step up their game plan. It's going to be interesting to see how that all works out because if they follow through on that, and I fully expect that they will, then what becomes our reaction to that? What becomes the coalition's reaction to that? How strong is the coalition right now uh, in taking this on? There's a lot of balls in the air, a lot of things in motion here. So it's going to be very interesting as we move forward to see how this all plays out and continues to play out from both sides of the equation. True. But you know what? The world is sick and tired of Iran. I hope so. Um, and don't think that Israel doesn't have operatives already oh. dealing with Iran. And the best thing that we can do here is either aid Israel or just keep our mouths shut. Well, the best thing we can do is aid Israel. The, also, the best thing to do, which I don't know is possible, is for the liberals in this country and Joe Biden to keep their mouths shut. I mean, you know, yeah. the the Well, anti- even we need to even we need to keep our mouths shut, even those on the right, because you can't let game plans you know sneak out. Well, I yeah, I agree sneak with out. that. You just can't. I I'm I'm referring more to the all the anti-Israel sentiment from the left. Yeah, you know, oh, well, yeah. You know, and the the Biden regime, they keep sending Tony Blinken and other people over to I Israel know. to try and bully Netanyahu into pulling back and, and initiating another ceasefire. He's not going to. He's, he's not going to, but it doesn't help that we're over there trying to poke him into doing that. And, I mean, that shows, I think, a blatant disregard for the sovereignty of Israel and for the leadership of Benjamin Netanyahu. Well, you know what? Let me tell you something. I've been watching Blinken uh, since October 7th. He is personally a very staunch supporter of Israel, 100%. I wouldn't be surprised if when he goes over there, he does his, you know, spewing of Biden's rhetoric. And as soon as he done, you know, he's done, he whispers in BB's ear, that's Biden speaking, not me. Yeah, they use your air quotes, Mister Mister yeah. Netanyahu. <laughs> you know? yeah. um, I wouldn't be surprised because that man is a one hundred percent supporter of well, Israel. I hope you're right. I hope that is the case. But you know, nonetheless, even go over there and fake it and and deliver the the inane orders of the Biden regime, even with a wink and a nod, isn't helping matters. It's causing division over there and here, Um, you know. But thankfully, Netanyahu is staying the course. He's rock solid, and the government is rock solid behind him. So his government, that is. Right, Uh, not not ours. We're not rock solid on anything at this point. No. Um, So, yeah, it's, it's it's an interesting situation. Also, not only the Houthis, not only Iran, but, you know, look at Islamic Jihad, um, mm-hmm. you know, look at some of the other factors over there. Hezbollah. Hezbollah, mm-hmm. Hamas. You know, I bet you they all try to ramp it up now. But you wonder how much, how much armament Hamas has left at this point. 
well, you know, the the lines in from Iran are, you know, they've been bombed to uh, Kingdom yeah. Come here. Yeah, they've been cut off. Yeah, well, Israel has completely taken over certain parts of Gaza. There's Israeli flags flying and whatever. And while Israel has drawn back certain people who need to get back to work now that the main operation is done, um, it's not that anything is toning down. It's that the priorities are shifting. Right. And Benjamin Netanyahu is going to finish the job. But the one thing that I have a very sneaky feeling about, and my feelings are usually right, except for maybe one or two, I think they have killed all the hostages. Not Israel, I mean Hamas. I I tend to agree, and there are certain things that we're both seeing that kind of make us lean in that direction. Uh, we, We hope we're wrong about this um but it it, it's just not looking good you know as far as any hostages still surviving at this point but in the few minutes we have left in this segment i want to draw some attention uh, to what we've got coming up on this show next friday yes yes our special guest will be jordanian uh, uh, coalition opposition leader muda zahran he's a friend of our show and he is a palestinian he he and his family are pro-israel he has relatives fighting with the idf against those in gaza and he is the one that the kinglet as we call him king hussein put a a bounty if you will on his head and he and his family thankfully are safe in a friendly country Right, and Mudar has been on this show numerous times. It's it's been far too long uh, yes. since we've had him on, you know, for one reason or another. But there is so many things that are going on in that region right now, especially with this Israel uh, Gaza situation, and so many things that are swirling around that, including the um, the involvement of countries like China. That we know something about, but he knows, Mudar, knows a lot more about. And every time we have him on the show, we get so much information from the inside about what's going on in that region that we're going to give him the entire hour next Friday to fill us in on all the details regarding what's happening between Israel, Iran, in the region, you know, against the satellites of Iran and with countries outside of the region that are trying to influence what's happening there. Right. Um, Mudar was supposed to be our guest before Christmas. Unfortunately, he got sick. He had laryngitis to the point where he could barely get out a squeak in telling us that he couldn't be on the show. Yeah. But he is feeling better now, right? Oh, yeah, much better. And uh, so he will be our guest next week, and he'll be breaking a little bit of information on the show as well. Yeah, you don't want to miss that show, folks. There's going to be a lot of uh, inside information and some breaking news uh, that he's going to bring to us. So make sure you're with us next Friday on Right Side Patriots right here at rspradio1.com as we welcome back our special guest, Mudar Zakran, and all the information he has to share. Mm-hmm. All right, with that, we've hit the bottom of the hour. That means we got to take a quick break. We've got more to talk about, though, so don't go anywhere. There's more Right Side Patriots after this. You're listening to Right Side Patriots Radio, the best in conservative commentary, news, and talk where we do away with the politically correct nonsense and give you the politically direct truth. This is the home of Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern with Craig Andreessen and Diane Sori. We're working to make this country great again from the right 
and leaving puddles of melted snowflakes on the left. Thanks for listening to Right Side Patriots, your best bet on the Internet. You're listening to RSPRadio1.com. guys, Diane Sorry from The Patriot Factor on thepatriotfactor.blogspot.com, where I found a home base seven years ago after becoming one of Facebook's long-time Facebook felons, or so I've been told by the Facebook gods. On my blog, you will find not only my articles, but our Right Side Patriots investigative reports, as well as stories and links to and from well-known writers and bloggers, plus what I call almost daily memes, my snarky take on news of the day. And for more great takes on the issues of the day, check out the National Patriot at thenationalpatriot.com, where you can read Craig's insight into all the current news happenings. And join us both on Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. EST at rspradio1.com. Welcome back to Right Side Patriots on rspradio1.com. Craig Andreessen at the National Patriot, Diane Sori at the Patriot Factor. Getting you through the Friday night edition of the show. And if you miss any part of it, go to rspradio1.com tomorrow morning. Click that podcast button and have at it. Mm-hmm. All right. So here's something that's been in the news recently. I've done uh, at least one article on it. Uh, I think maybe two. And I've got another one that kind of deals with it coming up next week. This whole Harvard thing with Claudine Gay and her anti-Semitic comments and all the members of the faculty and uh, the administration that have backed her uh, in making those anti-Semitic statements in front Mm -hmm. of Congress a few weeks ago. Yes. It's finally coming to a head in the way that I had hoped and predicted that it would, Diane. There are now a bunch of students, and I mean a bunch of Jewish students at Harvard who are suing Harvard University. Yeah, and what they're basically doing is their lawsuit involves the fact that Harvard has a pattern of engineering and even promoting anti-Semitism on campus, and they will allow anti-Israel students, anti-Jewish students to say whatever they want, in which case the Jewish students become a victim within their own school of hatred for no other reason that they're Jewish. And the Harvard professor, Gay, you know, professor, the past president, she didn't give a damn. She just let it go on and on and on. In fact, she didn't say anything when swastikas were drawn all over the campus. Well, she didn't say anything when students and student organizations were prancing up and down uh, the you know the sidewalks and, and streets of Harvard University, chanting from the river to the sea. She didn't right. do anything or care when they were openly no. calling for the genocide of the Jews and wiping Israel from the map. In fact, when she sat down in front of Congress with other university presidents and was asked the question specifically by uh, Stefanik out of New York, does, do these chants, do these anti-Semitic chants constitute uh, a breach of protocol at Harvard? Do these chants, you know, are, are these considered okay or not at Harvard? And of course, her response was, well, it depends on the context. Yeah, I think calling for genocide and allowing swastikas, I think that's context enough. But <laughs> what it, it's important to know that this is not a frivolous lawsuit, folks. This is a lawsuit that was filed just this past Wednesday by Casowitz, Benson, and Torres. They are a major New York City law firm, and they have been investigated numerous colleges for allegedly violating Jewish students' 
Title VI civil rights. In other words, their right to feel safe on campus. And they no longer do because these professors like Gate, they have created a hostile environment where Jewish students actually feel unsafe and unable to fight back against their quote-unquote abusers. You know, when Stefanik was asking the questions of these various university presidents, one of the things she asked was, well, what if this happened? What if there were calls for genocide against, let's say, black students on your campuses? Well, none of the presidents, including Claudine Gay from Harvard, wanted to answer that question because we all know what the answer would be. Well, that would not be allowed. Right. And it's called... um selective racism, for lack of a better word, because Jewish is not a race. But they pick and choose who they consider victims to be and who the perpetrators are. Some of these um, anti-Israel, anti-Jewish remarks involve things like throw them in the ovens. You know, the same thing that happened in Australia. They had problems along these lines as well. This seems to be whenever anything is done against certain Arab groups like Hamas, Hezbollah and everything, suddenly it's throw the Jews in the ovens again. And, you know, when when Claudine Gay made her remarks, she said, well, it doesn't become conduct unbecoming until it's actionable. So, in other words, until the genocide begins on the Harvard campus, it's not bullying? Really? That's what it seems like with these people. You know, I I said in an article, uh, you know, um, a month ago, or nearly a month ago, that this was wrong. You know, they they can't do this. And student groups and students and and the Jewish population on campus, they're... They need to put together a class action lawsuit and go after uh, Harvard for everything they've got. Not only right. them, but also you can, you can throw in the people uh, from Harvard who have been disciplined uh, for plagiarism over the years. I think they have a case now because Claudine Gay uh, plagiarized on at least half of all of her published works. And while she stepped down as president, she's going to be kept on as a faculty member in all of her anti-Semitic and plagiarism glory at a salary of $879,000 plus a year. She doesn't deserve one frickin' penny as far as I'm concerned. Um, But what's unbelievable about all of this is we're supposed to be in this country against these kinds of hatred. And instead, since Biden has been president, along with that joke of a vice president, Kamala Harris, we have seen more hate in this country. It's it's just growing by leaps and bounds every day. You know, and it's I, just, it's wrong on so you know, many levels. And I think we can trace a lot of it back to Obama, to be quite honest. Oh, you that know, is the, ground zero. If I had a son, yeah, we all yeah. remember that. You know, I mean, when it comes to dividing the country, man, did, did it go into overdrive uh, during yeah. Obama's eight years. And, you know, now it's just a furtherance of that. But, you know, when when you're marching through the streets and, and across your campus, <coughs> excuse me, showing solidarity with international terrorist organizations, and and that doesn't constitute bullying, that's not a, uh, you know, against the conduct that you expect from your university— not only is it the students at Harvard and Penn and so many other asylums of higher indoctrination, it's also the faculty and the administrations. Absolutely. Absolutely. This country basically needs a sharp turn to the right because this liberalism, this wokeism, it, 
it's overriding common sense and logic across the board. Now, do we know how much uh, the the lawsuit totals up to against Harvard? Do we know that that number by I any chance? I had that number earlier today. I mean, it's a huge number. I hope so. I hope it. I hope it's enough to break Harvard's back. It, it, no. I don't think anything is that huge. They have more money than who knows what, you know, what. Um, but it's not for like one person. Right. It's this more of is, a class action thing. It's more of a class action. Exactly. Which, which is what it should be because there's a lot of Jewish students at Harvard and other universities that are going through this. And this is going to be kind of the precedent-setting case, as I understand it, the one against Harvard. But don't don't think it won't be expanded to include other universities and colleges. Oh, of course it will, and rightly so. Uh-oh. Did we lose Diane here? Oh, there you are. Stop. And, yeah, what happened? I didn't pop out. That must have been you. Well, no, it went dead on your end there for just... Yeah, I'm here. No, it didn't. No, it didn't, because I heard you completely. But no matter everything, um, this has to stop. And the only way that we're going to stop this wokeism, the only way we're going to stop this anti-Semitism, the only way we're going to stop the hate is with a change of administration. But there's another thing to think about. If you notice... Since the since anti-Semitism has reared its ugly head, the hate against other people has been diverted away, and it's all been shifted to the Jews. You don't hear anything anymore about BLM, right? Do you? No. No. Oh. You don't hear hate against brown people, do you? No. 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 Everything it- now is focused on a group of people who practice a certain relig- religion, remember, being Jewish is not a race, folks, um, this has gotten out of control. Well, and you Seriously know, out of control. Let's look at another group that you don't hear anything about right now. And, and bear in mind, all these different hate groups come from the left. Exactly. Okay, BLM and their hatred of everything white, you know, the, the hatred against brown people. What about the hatred the left was perpetrating, literally perpetrating, against Asians? You don't hear that anymore either, because now it's all laser-focused on the Jewish population. Exactly. Well, I have a little bit of information about this Title Six, and what that is, it prohibits any institution that receives federal funding from discriminating against groups on the basis of race, color, or national origin. Now, this particular suit alleges that the anti-Semitism is severe and persuasive and that it created a hostile environment where Jewish students are, quote, unsafe against their abusers. Now, the federal funding for Harvard should immediately be severed. Right. Completely. And then move on from from there. Harvard, they've already lost hundreds of millions of dollars, if not more, in personal donations. And what's sad about this, you have Harvard University, which has a certain level of students, You're a B student. You're not getting into Harvard. These kids are supposed to be the top of the top. And they are proving themselves to be the bottom of the bottom. This is what things like affirmative action have caused. And DEI. Yes. You know, you're you're lowering the bar intentionally. And, uh, you know, this is the result uh, of that. And Mm -hmm. then you're letting the woke situation take over. That's also part of it. Uh, And, you know, you're 
you're encouraging it. When the administration of these schools, the faculty of these schools, these are all leftist-leaning people. Yes. From the administration throughout the faculty, these are all diehard liberals. Okay? Mm-hmm. So they're leading this because it is the popular thing in liberalism right now is to be against uh, the Jews and pro-Hamas, pro-international um, terrorist organizations. You're, you're letting them run the show, and you're putting all the student body, not just the Jews, but primarily the Jews, but you're putting the entire student body at risk. Yeah. They're lucky severe violence didn't break out because a lot of people would have been hurt on both sides. And this is not what university is supposed to be about. You're supposed to be there to learn. But when you have all these courses, this indoctrinated BS stuff, this woke nonsense, this is what happens. Yeah, nobody should be surprised. No. I mean, it just is what it is. Well, we'll keep an eye on that lawsuit, and we we fully expect it's going to expand to other schools. But we'll keep an eye on that as it makes its way through the courts. Nothing in the court cases happens quickly. No. Uh, but but we're going to keep an eye on it because Congress is also looking at pulling the funding under that Title VI. So. Yes. You know, we'll keep an eye on all that. Uh, Finally tonight, and and I'm I'm sorry, if this wasn't so sad, it would be absolutely hysterical. You're Uh, right. (laughs) Dr. Jill did an interview where she actually defended Joe Biden's vitality and vigor. Yes. What? Yeah. (laughs) She... She had the nerve to say, I see his vigor, I see his energy, I see his passion every single day. He has wisdom, he has experience. Really? Most of his stuff have been failures? Yeah, I mean, look at his policies. I mean, the border policy, the energy policy, Bidenomics, you know, the, the list goes on and on. His foreign policies, everything is a disaster. Right. Absolutely everything. But not only did she defend Biden saying he has experience, his slight um, stutter, she calls it. That doesn't matter. But she had the audacity to say, I think what they are doing to Hunter is cruel. I'm really proud of how Hunter has rebuilt his life after addiction. I love my son. First of all, that's not uh, your son, actually. It's your stepson. Um, and number two, okay, what what is happening now to Hunter is cruel, but the witch hunt against President Trump wasn't? Well, I mean, let's narrow it down. How about the witch hunt against President Trump's sons? Right. I mean, how many times has Don Jr. and Eric gone before Congress under subpoena and testified over and over and over and over. And and yet Hunter gets subpoenaed and uh, gives Congress the finger. Says, no, nope, not going in. Exactly. You know. Two, and, sets and, of, two sets of rules here in this country. How many shell corporations did the Trump boys set up to launder money? Zero. Zero, right. Zero. Hunter Biden? 23. Yeah. You know, this is night and day. Nobody is responsible for Hunter Biden's woes outside of Hunter Biden. Well, we know that. And and he's still no, um, uh, let's say. No choir boy. Yeah, that's a good one, a choir boy. He's still dirty as hell, and he's still... Still doing, I, I don't know, you know, with the drugs or whatever, but they had, did find certain uh, drugs Cocaine. in the White House. I don't think Biden is doing them. Um, not but not to, Joe Biden. Not Joe. But here's something else that's very interesting. Jill Biden actually sees 
Joe's age as an asset to his presidency because of the time he spent in politics and the relationships he has had with world leaders. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> it is. If it wasn't laughable, it would be pathetic. I mean, you see what Jill Biden is. I believe she is an elderly abuser. I believe she is in this to keep her own position as first lady because she craves power. I think Jill Biden is evil. That's just my personal opinion. Well, but she sees his vitality on a daily basis. And I'm Mm -hmm. thinking, exactly what vitality is that? Because every Mm -hmm. time we see him, he's stumbling around, he's wandering around lost, he can barely walk. He's shaking mm-hmm. hands with people who aren't there. He can't find his own way off of stage. She has to come running onto stage and usher him off stage. You know, and, and you <laughs> see him walking across the, the White House lawn or, or walking down a hallway. The the guy can barely walk. They had to they had to make him use the kiddie stairs on Air Force One because the big boy stairs are too much for him. True. I mean, what vitality is it she's seeing that nobody else does? Uh, He can lift his own spoonful of pudding to his mouth. I don't know. It's, It's very, it's sad in one way that here it is. We have a man that is physically and mentally should not be running. And he's married to someone who keeps pushing it and defending it and trying to switch what we're seeing to what she wants us to see instead of what we are actually seeing. Yeah, I mean, she she's basically telling the rest of the world, don't believe your, your eyes. He's, right. he's really Mr. Olympia. You know, yeah. he's, he's vital, he's vigorous, he's got more energy than anybody else she's ever seen. You know, I mean, come on. You know, we, we see the guy all the time. You, you, you lob questions at him. He can't even answer questions. Right. Um, he can't find his way off a stage without help. Right. I mean, remember, it was a couple of years ago, he was out on the South Lawn, and he couldn't find his way back into the Oval Office. The Easter Bunny had to help oh, I him. Remember, I remember that. Yeah, the I pathetic. Mean, I mean, you know, how vital and vigorous is this guy, according to her? It's ridiculous. A part of me, because I've seen people in condition who have conditions like him, and, I, and I'm convinced he has Parkinson's, but Among part other of me things. feels sorry for him, not as a president, because he really stinks as president, but as an elderly gentleman who is going downhill, who really needs help, but he cannot get it because he's the puppet for the true runner of the country. Yeah, and to say he's going downhill, it's the equivalent of pushing an anvil out of an airplane. That's how fast he's going downhill. Yeah, it seems to get worse each time we see him. Yeah, he spent a third of of the time he's been in office, so literally a year, on vacation. Exactly. You know, exactly. And, and he, maybe been, he goes to uh, Switzerland for those youth shots. I mean, yeah, he's so vigorous and vital that sometimes he has to take a vacation to rest up from the vacation he just took. Exactly. I mean, it's pathetic. He should not be running for president. And I'll say it again. I think Jill Biden is guilty of elderly abuse. I, I don't disagree at all. But I don't yeah. think it's just her. I think it's I think it's the whole uh, you know, entourage, the whole, you know, Obama thing. Uh, yep. You know, the regime, if you will. You know, they need uh, a pliable puppet. And when you get into the condition that Joe Biden is in, you are nothing if not pliable because you don't really have a backbone and you don't know what you're doing. Right. And you have to look at it this way. 
if Joe Biden is the puppet who will do everything he is told to do, there could become a Democrat candidate that says, wait a minute, I don't agree with this. That person might not be as easily controlled. That's why they're pushing so hard for Biden. He is easily controlled. Yeah, he is the dancing puppet. Yeah. You know, there, there's and, just and no when, way even when it. they give him free reign to go off script, he still doesn't get it right. Oh, and, you know, he tells the same lame stories over and over and over again. And most of those stories are abject lies. I mean, I can't even begin to tell you how many times he's told the story about the train conductor who died five years before, according to Biden, the story took place. Right. I mean, things that are easily proven false, and yet he just keeps telling them and telling them. I mean, for God's sakes, what was it? About a week ago, he was in, I think it was South Carolina, and he was uh, doing a a speech at uh, a black church, right? Mm -hmm. And he told the assembled crowd there that he... He himself started the civil rights movement in Delaware. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You know, I and did. if and if you look, if you look at the audience, because you know the whole thing was filmed, right? So if you look at the audience in that church, a black church, by the way, Biden couldn't even fill it with black people. About half no. the people in there were white people. Oh God! Well, you know what. Enough about Biden. It's 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 ridiculous. Let's remind people with the few minutes we have left that Monday is the Iowa caucus. Mm-hmm. They are expecting horrendous weather. Right. Personally, if I was the head of the parties there, I would say let's postpone this for a few days. But we know they won't. It's my feeling because the weather is going to be so bad because there's safety involved in driving during a blizzard and all that something tells me the election results might not be what they would have been if everything was okay well and you know again this is a caucus it's not a a flat-out vote like a a regular primary right these are delegates that come together and i think a lot of the delegates are already there um you know, and the the arguing and haranguing and wheeling and dealing, that's all going to go on uh, regardless of whether it's a packed house or a half-packed house. Right. Um, it's you this know, weekend. They're having big events, yes. Yeah, I mean, it's all leading up to uh, Monday's caucus. Monday is going to be a brutally cold day across yes. Iowa, across the whole Midwest. And snowy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. The one thing I keep coming back to is that it's an even playing field. The delegates for whoever, it doesn't matter which candidate, they're all on the same playing field. That's true. Well, all I want to say is, whether you like it or not, go Ron DeSantis. You know, it's going to be interesting to see how it turns out because it's delegate-based. It's not vote-based. And the information that we're getting is that DeSantis has a whole bunch of delegates. More than any of the others, yes. Now, whether that holds true with the weather, I don't know. Well, the weather and the wheeling and dealing. Exactly. You know, it's always last minute wheeling and dealing. By the way, a poll before we went on air came out. About not about the caucus, about Pennsylvania. Did you see that? No, huh? They now have Biden beating Trump. Well, you know, it's been neck and neck. I mean, nobody's been ahead by more than a couple of points, right? You know, between those two, so, right? You know, it's it's uh, this all shaping up to be a cluster. You know what? Yeah. Well. No matter what, I can't see beat Biden beating Trump in Pennsylvania. But, oh, God, what's wrong with those people? I know. Well, what's wrong with a lot of people? I mean, (laughs) it just is what it is. But, Diane, you and I have run out of time. Okay. So with that, I'll say 99, folks. 
Folks, have yourselves a great weekend. Stay warm if you're in the path of the Arctic blast. And we'll catch up with you again next Tuesday. Bye-bye.